Hey, this is Heather. Hey, this is Liz. And listen in today as we talk about conspiracy theories that may or may not be true. Let's hit that music. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. We're here to talk conspiracy theories, which we've already told you. Yes, we, uh, you know, we heard recently, I don't know, was it a week ago now? I don't even remember now, um, about Apple coming out and admitting, because there's, I think there's always been a, a thought or an idea that right before your iPhone contract is going to expire, your phone goes to shit. The battery stops charging. It's not holding its life like it used to. And this has always felt like something the company has done to sell more phones, to make sure that you have to upgrade every two years, that you're not going to just have a phone for a million years. And But, but it's never been proven, right? And a lot of these theories that we have, they they sound logical and they sound reasonable, but they also kind of make you feel like a, a wackadoo, right? If you yeah. really believe them too hard. So I think uh, having Apple come out and actually go, well, turns out we do that. We we actually do that. In their defense, what they are actually telling us is that they are slowing down our phones when you upgrade to save the battery life to make the phone last longer. Which is is a whopping load of bullshit, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think it, it's it's one of those that makes you feel a little bit vindicated because it's like, ah, I knew it. And then it makes you feel a little bit pissed because you're like, motherfucker, I don't want to have to spend $800 a year on a cell phone. That's ridiculous. It, it is ridiculous. And it's like, and I'm using a what I feel is a fairly new phone, but now, now it's practically obsolete. It follows in that category. <laughs> Yeah, mine, mine too. And I got it maybe a year and a half ago. Yeah. It's and like, I just like my, my niece just got a new iPhone for Christmas and hers is two models newer than mine. I'm like, seriously? Yep. All right. She's 10. She didn't even have a job. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? So yeah. So this, this kind of got us thinking what other conspiracy theories out there are true or just make a whole lot of sense, even if it's just headcanon. Yeah. And so I found an article, actually. It was uh, one of these like BuzzFeed like things. I think it's called Knowable. And mm-hmm. they actually kind of aggregated a bunch of people's uh, conspiracy theories. By the way, that seems to be what people do nowadays for content is they just go to Red- Reddit, they ask a question, and then they gather all the best responses and then make it an article. Yeah. Does that make it's money? Because it's. It's it's easier than actually doing work. It's just it's crowdsourcing. Yeah. Well, doesn't make you, it true, folks. <laughs> very good point. But I'll tell you, I read my fair share of them, so it's working a little bit. I did as well. Again, it still doesn't make it true. It just makes it convenient. Okay, so I'm just going to go through. A lot of these are like mini conspiracies. They're not like um, major conspiracies, but these are ones that we don't know if they're true. But they certainly do make a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, this one is um, about Trader Joe's. You ever been to Trader Joe's? 
I have not. Oh, it's fabulous. But we only have one here in Houston, and it's not remotely convenient to where I live. So, <laughs> Well, the idea is that their parking lots are deliberately too small to make them seem more popular than they really are. That that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> and I'm telling you, their parking <laughs> lots are a bitch. They are the worst. You know what, though? I've actually I've actually known someone who was a parking lot designer, architect. I don't even know what the term would be, but someone who designs these things. I think they're called civil engineers. Sure. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But I remember talking to his son, who is a friend of mine, and because we were at the Toys R Us parking lot one time. And, you know, especially with big giant parking lots like at a Toys R Us, this, the spaces are much easier to get in and out of when they're slanted in one direction or the other versus a straight space. Well, what I noticed was that Toys R Us has straight spaces, but they're also really narrow. Like it doesn't make sense. And they said, well, they do that so they can cram a lot more cars in the parking lot. I was like, well, that is why Houston is the capital of door dings. I'm pretty sure it's these narrow straight spaces. I know I'm, I'm kind of a big pain in the ass about parking because I will not after having a car with only two doors park next to a car with only two doors because they cannot open up in a parking space without hitting the other car unless they're really cognizant and you don't think about it sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, par- I don't park next to cars with two doors people. That's my tip of the day. Yeah, I drive an Infinity and it's a four door, but the doors on this thing are like fucking DeLorean wings. I mean, they're huge and they just go out for days and they're heavy because it's a big, heavy mama kind of car. It's just like if I'm not paying attention, I will flip it out and it's got this massive albatross wingspan on it. So you do have to really kind of be be thoughtful about you know, what you're doing when you're opening doors and parking spaces. Yeah. And if there's like a breeze, it just pulls the door open and it flings it open, you know, that's the worst. And also I'm the worst about sticking my foot out to kind of keep the door from swinging open. But then if that breeze is going the other direction, you end up getting your ankle chopped off in the door frame. It's the worst. That actually used to happen a lot with those monster, or not those monster, the, the power uh, cars of uh, the sixties and seventies people would break their ankles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we used to, my ex-husband and I used to have one in a muscle car. And that thing. That's what it is. The term is muscle car. I don't know why I forgot that. (laughs) I don't know. He had one. And this thing was the biggest hunk of junk in the world. But it it would absolutely take a leg off if you weren't paying attention. So, yeah. So uh, my husband, his he thought, though, that the parking lots at Trader Joe's were deliberately too small so that they would encourage people to buy smart cars. (laughs) <laughs> that so, sounds like a crunchy granola kind of thing, doesn't but, it? Yeah, and then Trader Joe's is a California crunchy granola type of place. I like it though. I feel that way. I feel that way about uh, Central Market too. Fucking hate Central Market. I, I mean, I like their stuff. They have really good stuff. And if you're not from Texas, Central Market is uh, kind of the fancy offshoot of our HEB market. That yeah, you've probably it's heard like, around here. It's the Whole Foods of HEB, so it's just an upgrade yeah. from HEB. It's it's kind of a, a higher end, and they have they have really nice stuff. Their produce is fantastic. They have a lot of organic, but I cannot go into the store because the fucking aisles are so narrow. Like two carts cannot go past each other at one time. Also, the last time I went in there, some bitch actually ate grapes out of my basket. So what? 
Yeah, I'm not even kidding. And she walked up. She's like, those look great. And she just like took one and ate it and walked away. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Fucking hippies. I was so pissed. I was like, get me out of here now. Well, technically you didn't have to pay for them. So well, I don't care. It's still weird. I don't know where her dirty hippie hands have been. I've, I've been to um, uh, Central Market and walked out, got a little bushel of grapes and it was $15. Oh, yeah. Easy. Anyway, so ridiculous. Okay, so there's another little mini conspiracy theory, which I I tend to agree with, is that chapstick is made into uh, cylinders so that they roll away when you drop them and you can never find them again. So you have to buy another package because like, honestly, (laughs) has anybody actually finished a tube of chapstick? I've probably had the same tube of chapstick for the last 10 years, to be honest. Yeah. So as long as you keep a hold of it. It doesn't go away. I only use it like three days a year, though, when the weather gets cold enough and dry enough here that my lips start to crack. Like, that's the only time I ever use it. Because, you know, I live in the land of 100% humidity. It's not exactly, it's in the air. You're just breathing it in. Yeah, I read somewhere and um, that they have an addictive property, so I try not to use them. <laughs> Which is hilarious. And you're going to, you know this, but you'll laugh anyway. Because uh, I don't wear makeup and I don't really care about any of that kind of crap unless I'm going on like a job interview. Uh, (laughs) uh, I used to be a Mary Kay consultant. And that's one of the things that they told us was part of our sales pitch for this um, super awesome lip balm that they have. They have like a lip mask, like it scrubs all the dead crap off. And then this balm that you use, it's amazing. And that's what they would tell us was the like chapstick and the the other different companies put an addictive property into their lip balm to keep you, keep you using it. I don't know if it's really true or not, but it's something that we used to tell people. So yeah, that's a sales pitch. Speaking, mm-hmm. speaking of conspiracy theories, this is the big one. This is the meta conspiracy theory. And that's that um, the very concept of the conspiracy theory was actually created by like, government or secret organizations or whatever, you know, it's some huge entity. And the reason why is so that if anything did leak that they were doing, they could call it, oh, it's a crazy conspiracy theory. Hasn't you had that? So they would actually create the flat earth conspiracy theories and the, you know, we didn't walk on the moon conspiracy theories, Mm -hmm. all for the simple fact that you could label people that thought about them as nut jobs. So therefore when something of theirs went out, Yeah, I think that's actually, uh, it kind of leads into the recommendation that I had for this episode, which I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's an internet series, but it's also a series on cable. I know you don't have cable right now. Uh, It's called Adam Ruins Everything. Have you seen this guy? Yeah, because I have Sling, so he's on Sling TV. Okay. Yeah, so Adam Ruins Everything. He did a show a while back on conspiracy theories. And like in the show, his girlfriend is basically saying that she she thinks the moon landing was fake. And he's like, are you out of your fucking mind? Like they've proven this over like he just goes through this whole thing and proving how it would actually be more expensive to uh, actually fake the moon landing than it would have been to actually go to the moon. There was all these reasons. And then, you know, one of her things is like, well, it's just a conspiracy theory. How hard, you know, it's not going to hurt anybody. And then he goes on to prove how, in fact, they actually do hurt people and they hurt consumer confidence and they hurt all sorts of different things and they just put people on edge and I don't know. So anyways, that's a really good show in general. But that specific one, if you're interested in the topic of conspiracy theories, 
is is really good. I didn't realize some people just do this as a hobby. Like it's their favorite thing to do is sit around and think up these weird conspiracy theories. But, but apparently my brother-in-law and my oldest niece think that this is just like, this is their favorite thing to sit around and talk about. And when I mentioned that we were going to be doing this podcast, my 10 year old niece is like, oh, well, have you heard about this one and this one? And this? <laughs> I was like, I have not, but I'm writing them down. So thank you. Yeah, it's, I know. It's a, it's a hobby for a lot of people. And some of them, it's just to inspect uh, different conspiracy theories. I listen mm-hmm. to Metal Geeks podcast and uh, one of their co-hosts, uh, Brutal Dave, he um, he joins like the Flat Earthers uh, Google group and what or Facebook group just to like uh, laugh. To troll them. He, yeah, he just laughs at the things that they say. He finds it very amusing. I would find it annoying as hell, but whatever. Yeah, the Flat Earthers, my... Uh... I can't even. No, I, I seriously can't even. Like that's there's no even sentence ender there, whatever yeah. that word is. I just, uh, yeah, I can't. My brain does not even comprehend the fact that it's now 1492 again. And <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure we settled this debate with that dude on a boat years ago. Not to mention all those satellite images from space showing a ball. But that's part of the conspiracy. Oh, cuckoos. But, you know, then there's there's other things that, again, okay, so, and, I, and like I said, that you kind of don't even want to talk about them because they're going to make you feel like a wackadoo if somebody hears it and, you know. But, you know, people will say, oh, aliens, ooh, conspiracy, that's so crazy. I don't know. I kind of believe the aliens are a thing simply from an intellectual standpoint because I think that it would be completely and utterly just egomaniacal to think that we are the only creatures of life in this entire, uh, you know, universe, like everything that's out there, every star in the sky is a solar system that's got its own planets and its own whatever, that we are the only things that exist. I think that's just completely nuts. Now, I don't think they're making crop circles in Montana, but you know, I think there's probably something out there other than us. I hope there's something out there other than us, because if not, how boring. Yeah, I think that's how most people are with aliens. It's more of a hope than a, a yeah. you know, anyway, you said that you actually had a couple that turned out to be true. Do you? I did. I actually found an article on good.is uh, and it's called six insane conspiracy theories that actually turned out to be true. And I'm not going to go through all six. I'm just going to pick the three that I really liked. You can go find that if you want to. The first one was Gaydar. So this yeah. is entertaining. Everybody's always like, ooh, there's Gaydar out there. I can I can totally tell when somebody's gay, blah, blah. Well, apparently in the 60s, uh, before they became super huggable, crunchy granola people, the Canadian government basically commissioned a professor at a university to create what they maliciously call the quote fruit machine. Oh no. Yeah. Which tried to detect and identify gay men. And this was not for science or posterity. This was so that they could actually, it was kind of very much a McCarthyism kind of put people on a list. And it, the goal was to drive gay men out of public office, like out of the government. This was what they were doing. And as a result of this, uh, 400 people lost their jobs and 9,000 people were kept on file as suspects. Um, And the way this machine supposedly worked 
was to measure pupil dilation when people were shown same sex erotic imagery. Oh my God. Yeah. So that actually was a thing. And I'm like, okay, first of all, pupil dilation has a lot to do with a lot of things that have nothing to do with arousal. Well, second of all, did they show it versus, you know, non same sex erotic imagery or cats? Like what, you know, what was their baseline? What did they? I know because, okay, so I'm a lady. I think that my pupils would dilate more for like two guys. Like probably. Yes. Because I'm always for that, like Sherlock, John Watson. I want them to get together. Like that's my thing. You're the foe. You're in uh, the Poe Finn camp, then. Exactly. And then, like, uh, if you ever watch the TV show House, I wanted House and Wilson to get together. And so I like have these like uh, these homoerotic happy things that I happy like places that I that I like to. <laughs> I like to head cannon and people. So you would lose that. your government job if you were in Canada in the sixties. Exactly. But actually we, uh, I, my minor is in women's studies, strangely enough. And, uh, one of the things that we learned about was that they actually did a lot of studies on people to see if they were more or like, if you know, you can't prove somebody's gay by what kind of porn they like, or you can't prove somebody's straight by what kind of porn they like. And we're not talking like, bad pornography and dirty bad just erotica is what we're talking about like yeah you know consensual adult erotica and they showed that you know because i could think they were trying to say that men are more aroused by that than women are like that's always a big thing for why men cheat why men have porn addictions oh it's just in our wiring but they have found that women are just as turned on by this kind of imagery as men are We just got more, we got better shit to do. We got stuff to do. We don't have time yeah, to sit do. around and watch We don't have porn. the time. We don't have the time. And we just, yeah, it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> that kind of time on their hands. I don't know. We Not have me. to contribute to society. Right. <laughs> all those lazy bastard men just sitting around whacking off all day long. <laughs> so, Pathetic. Um, just kidding, boys. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was the first one they came across that I was a little slack jawed when I read that. I know that's uh, that's shocking. That's shocking. So- yeah, the second one was there's always been a conspiracy conspiracy theory that the CIA was drugging people to test mind control. Well, that actually happened uh, in the 1950s. The CIA was actually giving people LSD and electroshock therapy to see how mind control worked and what they could actually do with it. Now the people who came across these or became part and and this happened for like 20 years. This wasn't something that they did for like a year. And then somebody went, "Hmm, maybe we should run this by a board of some people. No, this happened for like 20 years. And the people that they found to participate in this, uh, if you can call it that were basically people who went in, in the fifties for minor psychiatric complaints. So imagine going to your therapist and saying, feeling a little down, feeling a little anxious, maybe need something to help me boost. And so they give you LSD and shock therapy for 20 years. And unfortunately, what happened with this was there were a lot of people who ended up permanently disabled, clearly, after receiving this lovely combination of misery. Um, I don't know. Have you seen the movie Red with Bruce Willis in it? Yes. 
Okay, if you're not familiar with Red, uh, it's R-E-D, Retired Extremely Dangerous. It's based on a comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this movie is this movie is actually fantastic. It's really, really enjoyable. Like, I loved it. It's got Helen Mirren. It's got Morgan Freeman, uh, John Malkovich. Fantastic. Okay, the character John Malkovich plays Marvin as this paranoid, delusional, former CIA operative and he's nuts. Like he always thinks that they're spying on him with the satellites and they're talking to him through a tin can, you know, all this crazy stuff that you're like, oh, this guy's out of his mind. And Bruce Willis tells uh, his, tells Sarah in the movie, he says, you know, he thought he was, you know, under a secret government mind control. And it turns out he was actually being given daily doses of LSD for 20 years. She's like, well, in that case, he looks great. <laughs> <laughs> So and that but that's that's what that particular thing was based on is something that really happened. So All right. Well, terrifying American government. The other one was that there is a secret cult-like gathering of the world's elite. So everybody's always said, "Oh, there's a secret society of important rich people who run the world." Turns out they do. I believe there's it. actually a thing. Yeah, there's actually a thing. Uh it's Actually, there's a place, I think it's in California, it's called Bohemian Grove. And this is a place, quote, where the rich and powerful go to misbehave. Uh, And it also, (laughs) you know, so a lot of it is we enjoy the great outdoors. But what you'll really see is them performing rituals before a giant wooden owl. So, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Um, But uh, interestingly enough, this is actually where the idea for the atomic bomb was first sketched. So there you go. Well, there you go. So Einstein was there or they just knew about Einstein. I don't know. I don't, they didn't, they didn't mention him specifically in the article. They did mention that both Nixon and Reagan hung out there before they became presidents. Um, So, you know, interesting stuff. Yeah. They had a little thing like that in house of cards. Um, So maybe it was true. They had like a little place where all like the super elite and rich. And the only thing is that presidents couldn't go to it. Current presidents, but past ones or future ones could. It sounds, sounds about like the same thing. This is, this is my, uh, my niece is obsessed with the Illuminati. And I think this is basically what she means by that. So, or this is what her dad calls it for this type of conglomeration of big wigs in one place doing things that are not, what we think they're doing. So. All right. Well, that being said, let's go ahead and listen to a promo from one of our castaway crew. And we'll, be, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Noelle Heil, the host and creator of Heil on Life, the podcast where I talk one-on-one with people who inspire me. My guests come from all walks of life different jobs and careers, and they all have different motivations that have helped them throughout their lives. I find their stories fascinating and hope that you will too. To learn more, find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and Libsyn. And remember, we may have similar stories, but our journeys are all our own. All right, so welcome back. Hope you enjoyed our our promo from our awesome castaway friends. 
And I think, Heather, you've got a couple more theories to talk about, don't you? Yes, these are theories that, you know, like I was saying, that make sense. They haven't been proven, but they make so much sense that it's really hard not to uh, believe them. For example, is Throwback Thursday. Okay, you know, everybody, throwback, hashtag Throwback Thursday, that it's actually a government conspiracy to get all of the old pictures that were not on digital onto the internet, into the database, into the Big Brother database. I don't like that. I don't like it either, but it's absolutely like thinking about it. And a lot of my Throwback Thursdays, I had to scan. I have never scanned a Throwback Thursday, but I have pulled scanned photos for a Throwback Thursday because they weren't things that had been online, but they were things that I had scanned from old pictures. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I didn't scan specifically for Throwback Thursday. Oh, okay. I was like, damn, you're, you're dedicated. Yeah. I don't have that kind of dedication. I don't actually even put anything up on Throwback Thursday. It's just if I happen to see one and it happens to be Thursday. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Tell me how you feel about uh, Alexa. I don't know. I'm fairly certain she's listening to me. Now, I don't have anything that plays her. Mm -mm. But I don't either. And I won't. I between that and the Hey Siri, like these are things I just won't set up because I, I think that's I need to have a little bit more control over what the devices in my house are doing. They need not be smarter than I am. So if my microwave starts sending me messages, I'm going to have a serious issue. But I, I just, I don't want her. I don't want her in my house. I don't want to be able to say, hey, Alexa, kiss my ass. And she's like, kissing now. You know, I just don't want, I, I don't know. It's too much. I've seen it in other people's houses and it always kind of freaks me out. It's a little 1984 for me. Yeah. I. This is the problem I have with these smart items, right? It's, um. in fact, when I was in this like Samsung uh, consumer group where I can, tell them what I think about their little ideas. They kept asking me about the internet of things, right? And so that's the idea of all of the houses hooked up to the internet and you can tell it to change your heating thermostat and whatnot. And this is how I feel about it. Remember when your curmudgeonly grandpa used to say, as soon as you get electric windows that roll down, it's just something else to break in your car, right? It's true. Yeah, it's absolutely true for this Internet of things. Like as soon as you connect it to the Internet, which is not the most like stable thing. We have so many problems with the Internet here. Right. Mm -hmm. And that something else is going to cause problems. You're not going to be able to do it or you get your heater hacked and it's yeah, it's a sauna. Well, I mean, think about do you remember? I don't don't remember which cartoon it kind of fell into. It's probably along the Mickey Mouse lines where they would do like the house of the future and it would show you what you know in the year 2000 which still didn't happen but this is what would happen your house would be completely automated your clothes would wash themselves like all of this shit happened i don't remember any one of those cartoons ever ending happily it always ended with the the wolf stuck in the washing machine or iron to death by its own you know whatever and i'm like that is exactly what would happen right there. I would get one of those automatic folding machines and I would somehow get my arm stuck in it and, you know, it just would end tragically. Yeah. I'm, or I would end up buying the generic or like off-brand one. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. It, and it's like, you know, it requires that somebody to actually come in and recode your house. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
to get its work. And then, you know, and then, of course, it becomes obsolete and then you have to buy some more. This is all just this rotating thing to make make it so that you have to uh, buy the newest giz- gadgets or gizmos. I mean, I remember my office, they get, they set the whole thing up for all of this video conferencing and things. And not three years later, it was completely obsolete. And it was thousands and thousands of dollars to replace it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that is definitely a thing. So, But I understand the, that Alexa is handy. I currently do not have an Alexa. Um, I live in an older house, so there's not much combined. I'd have to, you know, plug things together. And so we just don't do it. However... I did get a smart TV. Okay. Mm. And so this, it was actually like Roku branded TV. It doesn't have a goddamn buttons on it. Mm. So if I lose the remote, which is the size of a matchstick, mm-hmm. I can't turn my television on or off. Yeah. Or we've had that problem down. with Apple TV remotes because they are thin and they are metal and they are super slippery. I have lost like five of them in the couch arm. All the time I'm losing these things. They're such a pain. And I'm like, I'm going to have to like tape a fork to it just to keep it from falling places it ought not. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. My brother has one of those smart TVs. And it's cool because it has like Skype built into it and stuff. So we can, you know, uh, we can Skype through the TV. Like we actually have our TV hooked up to a media server, which is also a little computer. So we can also run Skype through our, through our TV, but almost just like it's a big monitor. It's not actually, it's not that smart. I wonder if we might can do TVs. that. I don't think it has a Probably. video. I don't think it has a video on it. I hope to God it doesn't have a video on it. You it's should in my check. Bedroom. You should check. My brother's does. But the problem is if one of those things breaks, your whole TV is trashed. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. It's it's definitely like there's always a double edged sword when it comes to this much technology. Yeah. Because like you said, one more thing to break. I and this is it this is another little conspiracy theory here that's probably not a thing, but in my mind it works. Have you ever noticed that when you have a couple extra dollars in the bank or when you've say just paid off your car twenty three hours later? that's when someone rams into it and destroys it or your car decides to break down. Like it never happens when, you know, it's been paid off for six years and nobody cares. Right. This actually happened to us (laughs) back in October. Uh, We were asleep and our car, which had been paid off literally 23 hours earlier was out on the street, legally parked. I might add in front of our street while we slept at six 30 in the morning and some 16-year-old moron came around the corner and just plowed into it and totaled it. So mad. But it always seems to be that way. Because, you know, it's like the second you've got a little bit of extra in the bank that you could put towards saving or, uh, you know, whatever that thing is that you've been wanting to get. But now I have to buy new tires. Or now I have to replace the battery. Or now my grandma's in the hospital. You know, like whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> I Yep. It's uh, not really a conspiracy theory so much as just, like the universe hates me kind of theory. It's just shit luck is what it is. Like, you know, as, yeah. as soon as my warranty expires, it started acting up. Um, it's going to be the same thing when you pay it off. So, oh, yeah. all right. Okay. So I have a couple more. This mm-hmm. one, this one's kind of fun. I enjoy it. It's that cats are aliens sent to enslave the human race. But that's too much effort, so they settle for whomever's house they live in. 
I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. <laughs> and then another little mini one is that Pinterest and Etsy are fronts for big mason jar. Like, I guess that's the company or the... They are, they, yeah. They, Ball and mason jar, respectively, own those, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, to stimulate the stagnating demand for these jars. That's true. I, I really don't think that Mason or Ball or any of these other companies had such awesome non-restaurant sales as they did once these things came to be. So Okay. All right. Um and then let's see. So this is another one and I this has to be true. This has got to be true. And I will let you counter it. So mm-hmm. Cosmo magazine they intentionally give you shitty relationship advice to keep you lonely, single, paranoid. And- and, buying their shitty magazine and buying more Cosmo, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, I'll go with that. You know, it's, it, you know, Cosmo's still in business, right? So somehow a paper magazine is managed all of these years. It's because of that. I mean, well, as a, as a psychologist, I will say, I believe that is absolutely true because first of all, their advice sucks and none of it's ever any good. And it's certainly not based on any sort of scientific fact or psychological theories or anything else that is sound at all. It's pop psychology at best. And it's basically, you know, just catering to the lowest common denominator and telling people what you think they want to hear, which is uh, the reason that you don't have a man is because you're not good enough. Change yourself. And here's eight different ways you can change yourself by the beginning of the new year yep. to sell my next magazine. Make sure you check out next month's episode so that you can figure out what else you can do to be a better you. Yeah. Or how to get your body beach ready. It was like, um, if my body can get it to the beach, it's beach ready. It's ready. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is your body bathing suit ready? I'm like, well, I have one and I put it on my body. So done. It it managed. Okay. It's managed. Done. I'm going to need your assistance with the next conspiracy theory. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because it is Star Wars related. Oh. All right. So there is a Reddit theory that Jar Jar Binks was intended to be a villain the entire time. And then there was a fan backlash and they started to say that and they passed him off as a failed comedic character. So so I guess this is based on episode one. However, he was supposed to continue to become evil. And Luke has even said at some point, Jar Jar is the key to all of this. Well, Jar Jar is the reason for a lot of it because he was easily manipulated by uh, Chancellor Palpatine. And, you know, the people whispering in his dumb ass little Gungan ears. But they didn't manipulate him until the second episode. Episode two, right? right? So if episode... Well, the first one, he's just a bumbling idiot and just fucks everything up. Yeah, and so the idea is that there was a fan backlash that made him... So they were just like, oh, he was supposed to be for com- comedy. But actually, in reality, for the second and third episodes, you were start to see him become more sinister and, you know, cause all of it. I don't ever remember him being sinister at all so whether whether that was an original intent by george lucas and written in a script somewhere i don't know because that certainly did not play out on the screen and anybody who thinks they saw jar jar being evil or malicious 
is nuts because all they really saw was again a character who thought he was doing what the right thing was but he didn't know you know that the wrong people were telling him what to do but he also again they they manipulated the most prominent and powerful people into having a war with themselves you know the emperor started the whole clone wars against himself like it was you know he was on both sides he was instrumental in making that happen because that's how you tear a government apart. You pit people against each other. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> la 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 la. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe he was intended to be something more, um, but they couldn't pull it off. That's possible, but I don't think so. I think he was just another entertaining character that flopped because he wasn't all that entertaining. Yeah, that makes sense. Honestly, I think he was made to sell toys. A lot of the uh, a lot of the different alien creatures have basically been put in so they would be good marketing ploys. I'll tell you those par- porgs. I'm all over them. They're adorable. Mm-hmm. You like the porg? No. Oh yeah. Uh, again, and kind of indifferent. I don't really. I think it was smart that they included them rather than trying to CGI out 17 billion puffins on that island. But uh, I don't know. I, I, they were they were there for some comic relief. And that's that's the nice thing about Star Wars is it gives you because it's fantasy. It's not sci fi. It's not heavy. It's not any of those things. There's a lot of comedic stuff in it. So I don't know. We just did a whole Star Wars episode. So. And then I was listening to it because we just posted it. I was listening to it the other day. I was like, shit, we totally forgot to talk about this. We talk, forgot to talk about that. So we may have to revisit it at some point. So. Well, we'll have to revisit it. But somehow we still were almost as long as the runtime. Oh, yeah. No, no. The runtime is two and a half hours. We were an hour and 17 minutes. Oh, okay. That's, that's nothing. And we talked about other stuff, too. So. They probably could have cut an hour and 17 minutes out of that movie, though. Mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe the slow crawl through space uh, that was a little boring mm-hmm. why are we watching the slowest chase scene in the world okay I've got no. another conspiracy theory it's about the biggest conspiracy theory in the United States it's the, the conspiracy about JFK's death mm-hmm. okay so the idea is that JFK wasn't killed by Oswald Oswald tried to kill him missed the motorcade stopped and a secret service agent was caught off guard by and accidentally shot president Kennedy. And that's why it comes from the, the trajectory comes from a different area. Yeah. I think they've proven that one though. I think even Mythbusters has taken that one on. Yeah. And it's time and time again, there never been enough to, to really pull. I think it's just really hard for people to believe that there are just, terrible people in this world and sometimes coming up with the conspiracy as one of those. Whereas one of the other ones that was on my list of things that actually turned out to be true was the Lincoln assassination and how everybody thought it was just John Wilkes Booth when it turned out there were no fewer than nine other people involved because it wasn't that their goal was to kill the president. Their goal was to destroy the government. And so they had an attempted assassination on the vice president, an actual assassination on one of the senators. Like there were a lot of a lot of other people who were actually prosecuted and hung and, you know, killed for these different. Wow. Yeah. So 
that was, it's like we look for conspiracies where there aren't any, and we tend to dismiss ones where there are. And I think it's because, again, we, we want to believe that there is not that much pure hatred and evil in the world. Yeah. But there is. I think there is. So. All right. To lighten up the subject. Um, this was this one wasn't part of the article, but I saw it on Reddit, and I was going to use it as an internet comment. But I think it deserves its own set of discussion. Okay. Okay. So the idea is that jar lids are made super tight, so that when women attempt to open them, they can't, and have to ask a man to open them, which they can probably because of the size of their hand and the grip strength, according thing. The point, however, is entirely to keep the patriarchy in place. You know, it's really hilarious. Okay, so uh, my brother in law is, is Mr. Machismo, right? He's very, very into that. And I watched him struggle for about 10 minutes the other day to open a jar of pickles. And I just sat there and just watched him and watched him. And I finally said, Would you like me to help you? I have a trick for opening the jar of pickles. And he's just like, Oh, well, I mean, I probably loosened it. I'm like, Sure, sure you did. And my mother taught me this trick when I was about six years old. And all you do is you take a spoon and you put it up under the edge of the the lip of the jar and you kind of pop it because that just breaks the vacuum seal and then it opens right up. Mm -hmm. This is literally my favorite thing to do with with macho guys. (laughs) They can't open a jar. I'm like, give it to me. I got this. And they're like, son of a mother. I'm like, yeah, physics, yo. So. Yeah, I don't know about the patriarchy of pickle jars, but yeah. yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of toxic masculinity, I was in the I was standing in line at the movie theater last night, and this guy was behind me talking about how um, he was helping out his nephew because he didn't have a father figure in place, and that little boy started to cry once, and I snapped at him and said, "You do not cry with women present," and I. I wanted to turn around and punch him, but the dude was big, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was like... Well, then you aim low. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's just annoying as all fuck. It's like, you know what? This is why men think that they have to belittle women because they feel like they can't show any other emotion other than anger towards them. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I was watching a speech that uh, Reese Witherspoon gave a couple of years ago at some sort of event. And it was basically talking about how there is a lack of common sense in the way that they write female characters in movies. And she said, anytime there's a crisis in the movie, there is some woman who pops up and goes, what do we do? Or what, what are we supposed to do? Like, Oh my gosh. And she said, have you ever, ever in real life seen a woman who didn't know what to do in a time of crisis? And they say, they tell little children, if you're in trouble, if there's a crisis, find a woman, she will help you. She will find a place, you know, she will know what to do. Because that's the thing. We always know what to do. We never turn to a man and go, what are we going to do? I never have. Have you? Nope. Never, never. So I thought that was really interesting. And she said, you know, we need to have more roles and, you know, written by women about women, not just written by some dude who thinks that we're all weak and frail and stupid. Like, I'm sorry. I know what to do in a crisis. I don't know what to do with everyday life. Everyday life throws me into anxiety all day long, but crisis got this. (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Well, I don't have any other conspiracy theories. Did you have any more? 
Not exactly. Um, I just <laughs> this one's probably gonna gonna get somebody's butt up in the air. But uh, okay, so the religious people, right? People who say Jesus is coming back, right? And they always say, "Oh, Jesus is coming! Second coming is going to happen." All these things, blah 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 blah. I'm like, okay, here's the problem. I believe that maybe this is true. Maybe Jesus was planning to come back, but could you imagine the reception he would actually get in this day and age if he showed up and said, Hey y'all, I'm the son of Christ. I'm here to save you. That dude would be locked up in Bellevue with a Thorazine drip. He's probably been there since 1984. You know what I mean? Like just, that's the thing. Like people want to believe things, but they don't believe anything. And they would immediately call you, you know, a heretic or whatever else and like burn you at the stake for even suggesting such a thing. So I think if, if there is a Christ, he would be smart not to come back. I'm just, just going to throw it out there. Cause I don't think, I do not think this is going to go how you think it's going to go. <laughs> so, well, I don't know. All right. That's a theory. So, so, so it's the theory that Christ is back or that he wouldn't come back. That he shouldn't. Okay. <laughs> or that he, <laughs> it's not a theory. Just because, again, again, if he comes back and we throw him in Bellevue, what good is that? Yeah. I don't know. So it's more of I a guess statement. he's been through worse. <laughs> so it's just so. a statement of what he should yeah. do. Okay. <laughs> so random, random thought. My dad and I were going through a list on BookBubs the other day of books that people need to read. One of the books on that list was Lamb by Christopher Moore. So... This was one of our book club that we did a few years ago, and it's awesome. If you haven't read it, it is the story of Christ told by his childhood friend, Biff. Yes. Biff the Apostle. <laughs> I probably learned more about the Bible in that uh, book club than I, I did over my like all of my Sunday school. Yeah, I did too. And it was the Jesus I would want to know. It, it really was like, this is the Jesus who has questions and doesn't know how to be perfect, but tries. And, you know, I, I like that he gets Biff to do the sinning because he knows he's not supposed to do it, but he's got to learn about it. So he gets Biff to do the sinning and then tell him about it. So yeah, it's a good workout. It's a good, it's a good situation. So, <laughs> all right. Okay. So, I think Jesus would be, have a good, he'd be a good bestie to have for sure. Definitely. Especially like he'd always have the wine. He'd have the wine and he was able to clear up all of Biff's genital warts every time he would go be with the, with the hookers. Yes. That's a good point. (laughs) Genital wart healing and, uh, and wine. Done. Laying on hands (laughs) takes on a whole new meaning right there. So yeah, I, I don't have any more theories to talk about. Okay. So let's hear your out of context internet quote. Here we go. Better than a tent. You could get a yurt. For the backyard. Introvert yurt. Intro yurt. You could market them and make millions. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know, but it's sheer genius. I did. Find- I would like an intro yurt. An intro yurt. I did find mm-hmm. a um, a campground like three hours away from here that rents out mm-hmm. yurts. And then they let um, uh, dogs visit. And I was thinking I could take my dog, Gert. And we could camp in Gert the yurt. The yurt. It would be and you could write a Dr. Seuss book while you're at it. It would be very Gert in yurt. <laughs> Gert in yurt. Oh my god. How yeah. is Gertrude doing, by the way? Yeah, she's fine. She's uh, that's good. She's just like always steals my covers. 
<laughs> so anyway, so yes, the Gert and the Yurt. I'm going to make a children's book. <laughs> there you go. Sounds good. It's better than a cat and a hat. I'll give you that. Gert and a Yurt is so much more entertaining. Yep. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Copyright 2018 Nerdy Bitches Podcast. She'll probably roll over and go to sleep. That's that's the that's the story. Like, it's a good I'm, story. <laughs> and Lucy she, and Daphne can come visit the yurt. And she went to bed. That's the story. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody would buy that. I'm not kidding. It, that would be for the the parents who like the go the fuck to sleep story. Yep. They're like, just go to bed. <laughs> Here's the story. Gert went to sleep. Yeah. You do too. <laughs> Did I? Did I ever tell you about my um, book that I got my grandparents inadvertently? Okay, so they have lots of grandchildren. And mm. uh, so for Christmas one year, I found this cute little spatula that had like a gingerbread man on the end of it. And so it was like a gingerbread set of things I got them, right? Then I found this cute little book. It called. It was a gingerbread comic or gingerbread book, and each page, instead of like having drawn pictures of gingerbread, it was actually gingerbread. And so they took photographs of them, and so it looked like a little children's book. I thought it'd be cute for the grandkids. Luckily, I sent it to myself first, so that I could package it all up together and send up to them. This mm-hmm. was the most inappropriate book I've. <laughs> <laughs> they had they had gingerbread sex in there. They, they had they had illegitimate gingerbread children that were fathered by the illegitimate gingerbread or the gingerbread mailman. My grandpa would have gotten the biggest kick out of something like that. Yeah, that's well, hysterical. I, I still have the book, so because I ah, well, maybe that should be our uh, our trophy for whatever we do at Comic Palooza this year. Well, make sure I didn't give it to Goodwill. I may have given it to Goodwill, which is going to su- surprise <laughs> some new set of children. Somebody's like, "Ooh, like gingerbread book for little Johnny." <laughs> I, it looks just like a children's Johnny's book. Johnny's like, "What's a three-way, Mom? I don't understand." <laughs> I was just like, "Gingerbread are really friendly." Yep, it was really inappropriate. I was surprised. Anyway. <laughs> It looks now I want to find this book. I know. I now I feel bad that I get, gave it away. So well, find, see if you can find it online. Maybe we'll uh, we'll link it or something. Sounds good. Link it in the show notes. Yep. All right. And uh, you had a bitch of the week. I'll bitch about something. My dogs got fleas. Oh no! My dogs have never had fleas. I have had Lucy for over seven years. Daphne's been with us three and a half. You know, since she was a puppy. They have never had fleas ever. And I don't even treat them for fleas because they've never had them. Why would I give them medicine for something they don't need? And I don't know what's going on, but they must be in the yard because my dogs don't go anywhere and they don't see other dogs. And I'm going to assume that one of my neighbor's dogs has gotten fleas and they're out in the fucking yard and I cannot get rid of them. I'm so annoyed with it. I I have a question. (laughs) Is Sprocket still there? Sprocket, your toes. Oh t- no, it's too cold for for Sprocket right now. Yeah. If y'all don't know, Daphne has a pet toad, and its name is Wet Sprocket. So yes. Now the question is, uh, when I in my condo in Houston, as soon as the frogs went away, mm-hmm. the fleas came. That makes sense because I would assume that they would be prime flea eaters, or you know, yeah. small insect eaters. So appreciate your frogs and toads, people. 
Very important. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of wet sprocket. That's why he gets to live on the patio and doesn't bother me. And I try not to squish him in the door. I'm a I'm a really bad accidental frog killer. I have never tried to kill a frog in my life, but I have unfortunately squished a number of them had that have attempted to follow me indoors. What? Not on purpose. Like I've shut the door and when I open it again, there's a squished frog and I'm like, what the fuck? Wow. So. You've got you're like the frog whisperer. You're like, no <laughs> frogs don't follow me places. They follow me. I'm like the Pied Piper of Frogville. I don't know. I don't want them to. I'd like them to stay out. I love my my lizards and my frogs outside. I love them outside. I don't want them inside. I don't want to see those fucking pink see-through lizards all over the house. Like they live on the porch. They're fine on the porch. They can eat the bugs on the porch. Go for it. Do not come in my house. I can't imagine Daphne would let one live in your house. Oh, Daphne's not the... <laughs> Daphne's not the the killer. That's Lucy. <laughs> That's her job. Um, w- this year, I actually saw baby lizards, like microscopic, tiny baby lizards. And I don't recall in my life ever really seeing baby lizards before. But they live in this this coil hose thing, this cart with the I don't know. You keep the co- the hose coiled up on. They live in that thing. And she is on that 24 seven trying to get the damn lizards out of it. And they come in the house and here's the deal outside. I have seen her murder dozens and hundreds of lizards. If she gets a hold of them, she doesn't do anything. She doesn't eat them. She just kills them and walks away. Daphne will come over with her super soft giant pit bull mouth and take them up gently, walk them to the grass, put them down in the grass, bow her head and then walk away. She's the burial crew. And then, oh, that's so. Funny. And then if they get in the house, motherfuckers don't do anything. They're just like, hmm, look, lizard. Yeah. Got, like, you got a new pet. <laughs> I'm like, that thing's going to run across my foot and freak me out in the middle of the night. And you're just going to sit there? The fuck? Right before I left Houston, there were, I saw hundreds of the baby lizards. So it must have been. I don't know what this year. It's like locust. Well, actually, this, this was the year of the locust. So. Well, lizards eat locusts. Coincidence? I think not. Conspiracy theory. We got to remind our listeners. To oh yes, the Thrawn series is our next book club. No, no, not the series. Just not the one the series. Book. No. Just the first. The book. new Thrawn book by Timothy Zahn. It came out in 2017. So make sure you're looking at that and not the Heir to the Empire series because that is old, no longer canon in the legends. But it's such a good series and such a good story and a great character that they decided to bring Thrawn into the new canon. And so they brought Timothy Zahn back to write it because it's amazing. So go read that. I highly recommend the audiobook. That was one that we, I think both listened to audiobook. And it's great. Yep. So All read right. that, listen to that. We are going to be covering that very, very soon. And after that will be, I think, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yep. So I think that's what's up on the, the next slide. Chamber of Secrets is the book number two, right? I, I, can never, I can never remember the names of the books. It is Harry Potter and the This is My Least Favorite of the Series is what that one is called. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, there'll still be plenty to discuss. I mean, the least favorite is oh, still yeah. pretty good in the grand scheme of things, right? Well, that's the thing. My least favorite Harry Potter book is still way better than a lot of other books. Yep. So, Talking to you, Veronica Roth. Uh, so talking to you. My dad's like, should I read this Divergent series? I was like, no, don't fucking break your heart. It made that list of things that you should read. It was like, 
uh, Divergent, it's Argent, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, not that third one. Yeah, the first two books, they're pretty good. Third book, you should burn and just walk yeah. away. The story is He's over. Like, I was telling him, I was like, you know, it's like somebody, like she wrote the first one and the second one it was done and someone said, oh no, you should write a third one. And she like gave it to an assistant, maybe a intern I, or, you know, someone who couldn't read or write or understand the English language or plots at all. Or genetics. Yeah, that too. Oh God, that was so bad. It was so bad. So bad. So bad. And it was a shame because I was loving it right up until that. It was like, ugh. Yeah. It's like. Break my heart. I know. It's like when you hear that like your favorite TV show is going to come do a final season and the final season just sucks. Sucks. Yeah. So I think that's probably it for for this go around. And uh, we just thought it was going to be a short show. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what we think. And then we're. Sorry, in- Jazz. We don't know how to do short shows. Yeah. She, she told our group the other day, she's like, Ugh, our show's a little chubby at 37 minutes. I'm like, please. Our shortest show ever was like 42. I don't even want to. We'll, we'll have to figure out a way to kind of do shorter ones, maybe more often or something. But man, when we get on a topic, it's hard to stop talking about it. It's true. I'll tell you, our friend Steve at Everything I Learned from Movies or Everything I Learned, I Learned from Movies. Uh, they, they, I don't know. They're on episode like 17,000. They record like 23 days a week. I don't even understand. I just, <laughs> I it's like 14 second shows. I don't, I don't know. They're awesome though. We have a good time talking with them, but oh, good. they just did a mini episode. Their mini episode was on star Wars. <laughs> like how could you make star Wars a mini episode? I know like <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. a mini episode would be like to discuss the trailer. Right. Yeah. I can't even, I literally, I, the shortest show we ever did was 42 minutes. I've looked it up. And I think the longest one we ever did was our Independence Day it was long. classic movie review, which was longer than the runtime of the movie and our second recording because we lost the first one and somehow longer the second time around than it was the first. So, oh my God, that's so funny. There's, anytime we try to make it short, mm, no. All right. Well, um, we'll just let our listeners uh, let us know what you want to hear. Uh, send us a note on Twitter and start reading Thrawn. Yes, check out Thrawn. Uh, we are still itching towards our 3,000 follower mark on Twitter. We're hoping to get that this month in honor of our three-year anniversary. So if you're on Twitter, post that out there. Get some people listening. That'd be awesome. You can also follow us on Facebook, Nerdy Bitches Podcast. And if you're not, we have a Facebook discussion group that you can actually request to join and you get to talk to us a lot more frequently and uh, get some of the insider scoop ahead of time. So definitely worth doing. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know, but it's sheer genius.